I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! I don't know yeah. if you're familiar with the fact that Sting wrote a musical. I was great. tangentially aware because he had done it before. Because as many might be aware, uh, he went, there was a period of time where The Emperor's New Groove was supposed to be a musical, a full-on oh my musical. God, that's right. And Sting wrote an entire movie's worth of original songs, and only one remains in the cut of Emperor's New Groove that exists. And it's just like the credits song um my funny friend and me um it's it was it but yes i because that was a that's a thing that's been happening lately <laughs> I I can't, about that all the time i can't speak to the whole uh the sweatbox is a great documentary about that whole uh process you will have to uh get it illegally because disney does not want you to watch that documentary even though it was like obviously produced with like from within disney but at some point they were like no scrap <laughs> scrap this get this out of here um was it and it's about emperor's new groove going it's about the making of emperor's new groove and how they like completely rewrote it recast it like just the nightmare process of developing emperor's new groove um what what they describe (laughs) as like the the hardest that process had ever been for disney which like you watch the emperor's new groove and you're like this is funny i don't it's that was that hard it was that crazy to make (laughs) it's this funny little movie about a llama um (laughs) but it's 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 uh good it's it's one of my favorite um revealing documentaries that was that was at one point like that. produced within the system but um oh shit what was i saying there was that trend that mm-hmm. i think is is we're in the middle of it and i can't speak to the whole history of broadway to tell you whether or mm-hmm. not this is a, a, a misnomer but it feels like everybody's writing a musical now like we have gotten musicals from sarah Bareilles. Uh, mm-hmm. We've gotten musicals from comedian Tim Minchin, who had obviously he's on a couple now. Well, he was um, a musician first, though. That I think is Tim Minchin that doesn't is true. Su- finish your list. I'll get back to Tim I, Minchin. I, I, Tim uh, Minchin is a very specific example. Ingrid Michaelson is doing a Notebook musical. Um, I'm I, upset about it. <laughs> I think, and oh god, I mean, uh, I hate to say this for you personally. If you don't think that there is a Taylor Swift written musical in a canon somewhere i would be shocked considering that like that's what everybody's doing now and there's i i'm a little high so there's like examples that are not coming to my mind i might sure, be sure, 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 a sure. little off uh but it's that feels like a trend we are in the middle of where like musicians that are not typically broadway musical musicians are yeah. writing books especially for like adaptations of things so here wow i feel like there's another I feel like there's a big one. There's that plenty. I'm, I'm probably going to say a few that, that'll catch you. I want to mention Tim Minchin first. Tim Minchin kind of fits into the Broadway tradition of like no cowards, right? Where you've got these, these musical comedians, right? That write these music, these funny songs, these little giggle, giggly tunes or whatever. And, you know, Tim also did, did some stuff that was, you know, thoughtful, thought provoking. Um, and that lends itself really easily to making a musical. Um, 
they just so happened to get Tim Minchin to adapt Matilda as his basically first entree. And then he did, um, uh, we were just talking about it. Groundhog, <laughs> Groundhog Day. Day. So, so these are both movie adaptations. So it does kind of make him seem like, oh, just another celebrity doing a movie adaptation to a musical. But he... His but that's existence not fully prior fair to, to those Tim was fully within that same pocket. You know, that was within what he did. But what what I'm sensing you're picking up on is super valid. Is I mean, the over commercialization of of musical theater, specifically on the Broadway set and stage. Yeah, and of course, we I mean, were we were talking about this endeavor. a little bit off of uh, off off um, Mike as well. Like that. Yeah. That Broadway is now like it's it's more of a uh surprised to see something that isn't an adaptation of a movie yeah and i mean it you know it's i mean and some of them are good and will always be a commercial endeavor but it has leaned into safer and safer bets right um and occasionally you get something that's surprising as basically every medium is currently you know like adaptations are in the era of people just taking old content and trying to reboot it which is everything right now or like refusing to non-stop produce uh hashtag content within the same sphere is that like we are getting extended universe 10 star wars series we are getting uh, six marvel shows and four movies in a year we are Uh getting like we we are getting four game of thrones spinoffs we are getting two witcher spinoffs you know like like, we are just it is so much it's 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 they go oh people like this thing we should do more of this thing as opposed to going what did they like about this okay because oftentimes the thing that people like about something is the thing that you can't repeat after it's been done the first time and then you're just milking the character and and often we uh learn the wrong lessons from something uh where like get out is the film of the last decade i think if you had to like pick one it is like the film of the 2010s and it mm. has spawned so many movies and shows that missed why that movie was good, <laughs> but is yeah. trying to to grab at the same thing. But right. I've interrupted you twice. But I, with the, no, but with that that in mind, that's a really important kind of lens to accept. That is, it's a lot of people are looking at something and going, "Oh, this worked," and then trying to do it themselves. Um, Disney yes. played a huge part in the idea of the adaptation um, and further pushing Broadway into away from oh, this is the best musical theater in the country, which, quite frankly, it never was. But, you know, it was the biggest stage. It has the biggest budget. It's got the most spectacle. It's got um, the name. It's got the lights. It's got the... Right. And it, yes, and exactly. It, and it used to and be, you know, a little bit more experiment, experiment, experimental? Experimental. It, it experimental. certainly did. And obviously, you know, these are... I, the words like, didn't just... You heard that? I just like, 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 big Hollywood and, and big theater have always... Well, struggle that, that's, like I mean, that's a, that's a ended up playing it safe you know because like the all a bunch most of the first movies are adaptations of other works you know like think of the three musicals that dominated the 90s uh cats phantom and the lion king and guess what they're all adaptations now there were other shows that were playing at the same yeah. time well, it, uh, they felt they didn't feel like the dominant force but like they were unstoppable and but they there are were all other there were other ones and there's to counterbalance there were yeah. other shows and they weren't all adaptations and also cats is an interesting one because it was adapted from a poetry book a series of poetries <laughs> by so, a british fascist yeah it's yeah. you know that's a weird <laughs> one did a podcast where i see it. it so it was disney you know i is the bane of my existence um but here's the other thing 
and this is something that I'm thinking about a lot as well. Um, we had the, we had a series, we had a moment uh, in Broadway history where um, mm-hmm. it sort of shifted, and people were like, "Oh, whoa, what is this? Let's all try and do this." And it was a step outside of the adaptation. You know, it was, "Oh, what if we take?" It was like, you know, we had done to- there, there had been Tommy, right, which was. Yeah, the out the Who's Tommy, which was a concept album, so they kind of just did the next natural step. Mm-hmm. They did that with American Idiot by Green Day. Yes, and that was a major development. That was crazy. That I mean, Broadway was not ready for that show. You know, that's true. The public was not ready for that show, but it had such a profound impact that people then tried to take what they thought was exceptional about that show. And commodify it. That was one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is then you have a show like Spring Awakening, which I am currently obsessing over, um, <laughs> which is Duncan Sheik, who had moderate to severe pop acclaim at one point or another. Uh-huh. It sounded like I was like diagnosing him, but like <laughs> moderate. If you, to severe suffer, crack if you suffer from moderate to severe <laughs> pop notoriety. <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what he did and now Plastic. spring awakening is a bit of a different circumstance because it wasn't like pop music brought into the sphere it was a little bit more of the let's take a pop artist and do this now that was just an expressionist explosion that was unlike what basically anything had been prior to then which was exciting but people were then chasing the idea it was expressionist and it, it broke the rules of musical theater and it was kind of like blurring the line between a concert and um, a show. And uh, American Idiot also did that in a bit of a different way. And what people then gathered from it is, oh, people want that spectacle of a of a of a concert mm-hmm. on Broadway. Um, I'm not mad about Sarah Bareilles. Doing waitress, not Bono and the Edge did Spider Man turn off. <laughs> oh, the I can't even. I can't even. <laughs> can we talk about it? Can we talk oh, about that? Oh, I mean, I, I, I need to get that the because the writer saw? of that show got the like wrote a book, like a tell all book about it, and I that's on my wish list. I need to have it. I'm obs- I love this fucking cultural artifact. I think it's so fucking so beautiful. Spider Man, turn off the dark. <laughs> Turn off the dark, which, okay, bad start. Bad start, <laughs> bad, bad, start, I, bad I, title. I, <laughs> it sounds like a children's book. It sounds it. like there's a monster at the end of this book. I did not know that. It's, uh, I throw out community. We're not talking about community. We're talking about Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. <laughs> <laughs> Special bonus <laughs> Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark episode. Perfect. Okay, yeah. I saw it. I saw it on its probably fifth run of previews. Because you oh know how it was God. like in previews and then it closed. And it was in previews and then it closed. It was in previews. Like, <laughs> it was in previews. Keep, you know, Doug Eiberg is like, it was previews. Somebody died. Uh, it was a preview. You know, it was. Uh, you, do you, right. Did you ever watch Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt? And like did. They, they did the they did that Turn Off the Dark Besties really early on called Too Many Spider-Men. Anyway, great. Good show. Check <laughs> I it didn't out. see that part of it. There you go. So anyway, they do Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark. And it's still a preview, right? Because there's still, I mean. Technical elements of it. First Did and it foremost, the music previews? was god awful. What? Did it ever leave previews? It did. It it eventually okay. actually opened. Uh, not for very long. <laughs> no, sort of a sort of um, a King Kong uh, situation. R.I.P. to a big mm, robot king on Broadway. I um, also saw that one, which actually 
That I'll seems probably cool. Need to work I on. would like to see it the was... big ape. It I was want... honestly the big ape was insanely it's impressive. Pretty cool. The ensemble. <laughs> it wasn't even a robot. It was a puppet, and it was uh, with an animal. Well, the face was animatronic. Um, yeah, sure. Um, oh That's my nice. god! Incredible, like inc- incredible puppetry. That was the only good thing about it. Like that's not true. Talk about the, the ape stage, of the, world. the stage, the, like the set design and the way that they handled. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it was projection mapping or LED walls. It was one of those two. It might have been LED walls. It was stunning. The way that they pulled off a lot Sick. of that stuff was really cool. The music was bad. It was impersonal. It it was it was somebody trying to do their best impression of Lin Manuel Miranda and Alex Lacamoire. It was <sighs> it, it was weak. I I respected that they were trying to adapt it to be a little bit to give a little bit more autonomy to you know this traditional female character that we're all used to seeing, but it didn't work. But we're mm-hmm. not talking about King Kong. Yes, we're talking sorry. about another endeavor that took oh, an insane budget and focused so much on spectacle. Um, that show. It was so complicated. There's this great YouTube video uh, called uh, What Went Wrong? And it's basically yeah. like a 40-minute video essay on the history I've of probably Spider-Man seen this. In the same way that I've seen their performance of the David Letterman show, like, 14,000 times. It's, it's so good. It's, it's, it is, it was so bizarre. I, I, the music I, I was, guess, hold on. For anyone and I got, listening we're like, that might not know, what this is that might not know what this cultural artifact is somehow i think we should briefly explain what this yes. is yes okay um, so they they, in this vein, <laughs> they. It, yeah they in this vein a lot of people with franchises or recognizable i guess ip is that what it's called intellectual property whatever that i wish we would stop using that word but it is helpful right yeah. but so they went let's do a musical this is an endeavor this is an experience this is something we should do you know it's they they treat broadway like it's vegas and then they put a big spectacle on a broadway stage uh and don't realize what that is saying to the rest of the world about what what we take seriously uh with limited spaces it's a whole thing anyway they went let's do a spider-man musical and it at first it was oh my god i can't believe i'm forgetting her name she did lion king I know what you mean. I can't think of it either. Oh my god. She also did Across the Universe, which we were talking about. Julie Taymor? Julie Taymor. That's the one. There it is. Julie it. Taymor was originally the one. Look at you. Say in a movie and Kevin gets it. Yeah, once Julie you say Tam- movie. <laughs> <laughs> Julie Taymor was brought on for Spider-Man. Um, and also the Edge and Bono. <laughs> Although I don't know... and. Basically, there was a lot of power struggles. There was people fighting for creative control, and things were not clear as to who was in charge, uh, or people were trying to maintain control, and people didn't want to give up control, that didn't have any right to have control, and all this messiness. And then eventually, Julie leaves the project, um, went through a series of rewrites. Um, It potentially could have had something good to it. I remember going in and seeing this show. Anyway, they took Spider-Man and they made it a musical and they said, we want to have Spider-Man swinging through the audience. And that they did. It was impressive. It was this massive rig. They had like 25 people in Spider-Man costumes at any given time so that, you know, one could go one direction and then one could go another direction without having to switch the the rig that they were on. It was it was it was wild. It was aesthetically insane. Um, 
not to mention what they did for the Green Goblin, which was wild. They had an entire, uh, they technically did, I guess, like a Sinister Six kind of thing. Although, I'll get to that in a second. That was a mess. Um, and I didn't really like those costumes, honestly. They, they felt plasticky. It was really odd. But the rest of the costumes were insane. They managed to make people look like they were coming out of a comic book. They looked kind of like drawn on and the way that the set moved and was manipulated. It was incredible. I mean, it was the largest budget a Broadway show had ever had, ever, period, up until that point. And I think still is the largest budget on a Broadway show ever. I may be, I may be wrong. That might have been broken, but I don't think it has because I can't imagine what would have broken that record. So they go through this show one of the biggest problems that they had with it was they was one of the major rewrites, um, in my opinion, and that was introducing a character that was inspired by the Greek gods, but not a Greek god, but also not a Marvel superhero. Just this other being called just like a arachnia different. just a being called arachnia and she was this like spider goddess and she was something which is and... weird because they kind of already have one of those and they just decided to make up a different one it's yeah, one it of doesn't... those weird times and so but what they did was they also integrated an element of like meta-ness to it it was like oh it was actually being told by these people that are fans of the spider-man comic books but then someone's little sister wants to have her say in how the story goes and she introduces this character and they're like what the heck you can't do that but then it's i don't know it was muddy it was confusing it didn't make sense they had this giant spider lady that played a role in like the fate of peter parker it took away the kind of uh, independent lens on the hero's journey and put it as like fate is a manifestation itself and that's a character and it was also kind of the bad guy somehow it was very confusing no it's it's one of the worst things that continually happens to a lot of superheroes with spider-man specifically and it's one of the reasons that those like fucking andrew garfield movies are garbage is that like it's they everyone is obsessed with destiny and who are your parents what did your parents do and how did that or like or what did destiny say or what prophecy say and so like we're left with all these heroes that have no agency of their own because their destiny was put in front of them by someone else like spider-man if if no one else in the big two comic compendium needs to be the architect of their own choices it is Who's the other one spider-man that's what i'm saying if there is one it is Spider-Man. If it, there's two, I guess it's Batman? As far as the musical, what they did with it, believe it or not, the guy that played Spider-Man is, oh my god, I can't remember his name. He is now super well-known for Town. He plays Orpheus in Town in the original cast of Hadestown. Um, that guy, yeah. That guy, I can't believe I can't remember his name. Um, and like... He's pretty good, he's pretty good in Hadestown. Uh, he's not my favorite you know, performer in the show, but that's also because there's a lot of really great performers in that show. Um, but, um, so I've hoid. So I've hoid. It's a great, it's a great show. It was a show that didn't hit me fully until like after I was, I've like, heard it's, I've heard I it's fantastic. I, like, I, I hope there's like a professionally shot version or I guess there could be a musical because we are this year as of right now, 2021 is shaping up to be the best movie musical year I don't have a number off the top of my head, but it has to be like the 
60s at least. Like, what are you? This, this year we have In the Heights, which is gonna be so good. Which is gonna hit. So, I, I say, like I in the theater. No, Lin Manuel Miranda as the, In the Heights guy and not the Hamilton yeah. guy because that's I, what he is. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's, he literally is. No, he, he <laughs> literally like, is. That's his pocket, and like, oh yeah. man, is that a good? Oh show. yeah, and I, that 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 movie's gonna fucking bang, mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. Uh, looks fucking great. Gotta see it on the big screen. Like, if oh, I yeah. have to pick one, if for whatever reason I am barred from all movie theaters, but I can see one, it's mm-hmm. in that. Um, we are getting, uh, and people have had a mixed reaction to the trailer, but we are getting Dear Evan Hansen. Um, with Ben Platt. I, just, I don't know why uh, we're doing it. That, I don't know why we're doing I know. it, but... <laughs> because it was very popular. And, the, you know, musicals... I'm, I hate to say it, Hamilton made musicals fucking hip again. Uh, so they were like, hey, let's try and, like, throw a... While we're figuring out how we would even do a Hamilton musical movie, uh, let's... They're not going do... to do a movie of Hamilton. They've got the I, pro I, recording, and we that's have how the it is. Rec- you, you can't I, touch that. You Because are... at this point, the only thing going for Hamilton is its technical elements. Yeah, are, okay, artistically speaking, no, don't do it. Monetarily speaking, they're absolutely going to do it. I they're really don't abso- think so. It might be a while. It might be a while, but they're 100% going to do it. The The cachet is too huge, even still. Uh, but anyway, and then uh, this Crimbo, uh, we are getting uh, Steven Spielberg's West Side, West Side Story. Yeah. And that which, also looks good. Which, it looks like, great. Hey, I'm excited for Ezra to be in it uh for those of you who don't know ezra is a non-binary trans actor who was in the cast of jagged little pill um that's great. a lot of complicated stuff relating to that i won't get into it it's been very complicated um and a little upsetting uh but ezra's amazing ezra's playing i believe it's called anybody is that what it's called anybody is you know what I'm talking about it's anybody is one of the is it anybody i don't know um no idea one of the one of the characters in west side story that was traditionally a girl who was part of one of the gangs, right? Mm. A girl who would dress up like a guy and be one of the gangs. And they said, mm, let's make anybody transmasculine. And I love that decision. They're mm-hmm. actively casting a trans mask person in that role. Ezra's an incredible dancer. They're going to do amazing in that. And it's very exciting. Mm-hmm. The rest of the cast looks super exciting. My big, my one qualm, why the fuck would you ever cast Ansel? Oh, <sighs> as tony it makes no sense to me and maybe it's because he's a recognizable name and people know that he has a background in musical theater he does not read a tony to me yeah that is exactly right he is a big name actor who is known for uh, musical theater and you know baby driver was also a huge movie which he did not sing in but like that movie is about baby driver feels like that's his pocket right years i agree with you tony no <laughs> for lack of a better I, word no <laughs> completely i 100 percent get that that is also a weird thing to me but of course i'm gonna go see west side story uh like 100 percent, i'm gonna true. go see steven spielberg's west side story um, i mean it's spielberg yeah, when was the and, last time spielberg and, had a had a big one what was you know steven steven is one of the oh had a big one because the last few years he's been kind of like playing He's regular ball he's doing like he's been producing but he does like if he does a movie he does bridge of spies he does the post oh his last big movie is a blight upon the earth and one of his worst films ready player one no way is he did ready player one 
Yeah, but I also... I, I Reputable sources have mentioned that it's like, well, he did, like, the live-action parts of Ready Player One, but he was not... He was not around for for the computer effects, but it was one of those times. That's upsetting. <laughs> um, where, well, I, I listen. I think he wanted a hit. Maybe he was drawn to the material um, or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think he maybe you know because he's I Spielberg's one of those guys. Very rarely am I ever like ugh bad movie. Sometimes you're like that one right. didn't really hit for me. But he's one of those guys like fucking Scorsese where you're like ah, it's not. <laughs> It, you never did a bad one. I, I did ones I care be for. I excited when I see Spielberg's name on something. It's, it's, I don't, I don't know whether it's because he just hits a nostalgia pocket as far as yeah. like what he means to blockbusters. What it, he means to cinema. Like what he, every facet. He's been an Oscar winner. He's been a blockbuster guy. And he's been doing is, it for fucking got, what, what, what are his big ones? He's got years. ETs. He's Jaws. got Jaws. Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. Schindler's List. You did Schindler's uh, List too? Oh my god! Schindler's List. Um, Saving Private Ryan. Batteries not included. Do no, you know that one. No, no. Batteries not included. I don't know. No one. <laughs> that movie was directed by nobody. <laughs> um, that movie doesn't exist. No, that movie doesn't do that. exist. Catch Me If You Can is my favorite of his. I love that movie. Um, I did that one too? Which oh, is another I mean, movie it, that was it, turned into Close a Encounters of the Third Kind. That's right. Uh, Webster University alum Norbert Leo Butts won one of his Tonys for. Uh, catch me if you can. The music. Marvel Leo Butts is fabulous. I, I mean, he's a he's a he's a killer. Not that I know him. The only one that I could possibly say I maybe know is I know Jake from State Farm. He was in my intro to Lit class. He would not remember me. Wait, the current he, Jake from State Farm or the old? Yeah, the the really hot dude, black dude. The, the young is, black guy. Um, he Ooh, was in yeah, my is, my intro to literature class. His name is also Kevin, but he would never. He would never remember me. And I saw him in a Kevin. production of Kevin. Carousel. His name's not Kevin. His name's Jake from State Farm. Oh, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Separate truth <laughs> from fiction. Um, and uh, Spielberg made a lot of movies. Uh, look him up. He's he's done. Oh, he did Lincoln, yeah, which I didn't particularly him, care for. Um, he, he's worked with a lot of guys. Uh, pretty cool. Made a lot of good movies. Um, and, and he's doing that. And he's one of the, you know, when it comes to the old kings... The ones that they haven't lost a step, your Spielbergs, your Scorsese's, um, uh, where a lot of their contemporaries, like your Francis Ford Coppola's, kind of have kind of hit just like a period where they're out of relevancy. Um, mm. But it's like, oh, if there's a new Spielberg or a new Scorsese from this point forward, I have to go see it in the theater because it might be the last one. I don't know <laughs> how old Spielberg is. When I think of Scorsese, I'm like, that guy's kind of old. When I think of Spielberg, for some reason, in my mind, he's perpetually like 28. I don't know why. <laughs> that is completely wrong. Because uh, like he was see, like 28 sure when he wrong, made but I just Jaws. Him with a baseball hat on with a giant animatronic T Rex being like, yep, <laughs> this is Steven Spielberg still. Steven Spielberg. I Now I want to know. Oh, what is he? Uh, born in 1946. 40? That man is. He is 60? 74 years old. What? 74? He's 74. He hasn't had his birthday this year. 74 years 40, old. 46. Okay. Carrie oh, yeah. No, one. that's 70. Whoa. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, he's 74. He's not a spring chicken. Uh, and, you know, he seems like one of those old director guys who's still got a lot of uh, spark in him. Uh, but, you know, he's 75 years old. You never know. Uh, let's so, just like, hope he doesn't have... A, I can't... Like, I can't believe that... <laughs> that Hooper did did Les Mis didn't learn his lesson 
and then did Cats. Still can't direct a musical. Didn't learn how. Didn't (laughs) learn. Didn't learn. It wasn't great the first time. It was. It's. I mean, it's well because he didn't treat it like it was a musical. Like he. It. It. it, Like. Yeah. 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 I mean. uh, I like the King's Speech. I thought that was a good movie as far as like Oscar Beatty movies go. <laughs> well, that's true. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Hooper in general, right? Like I like the King's Speech. Um, I didn't see the Danish Girl, but every uh, trans person I, I've heard is I like mean, don't complicated feelings about it. Danish sure. Girl, the musical, is going to be exciting because there's a bunch of trans people involved, They're and Elle Morgan Lee that? is a black trans woman who is going to be playing. I don't remember the character's name, but the trans woman from. The Danish, uh, the Danish girl, um, and it's going to be very exciting. So hopefully that'll be a fun. And that is a musical adaptation that I'm actually looking forward to. It's going to be sure. very exciting. That's coming up anyway. Um, and then uh, he did Les Mis, which kind of, in spite of itself, I think works. Like in spite of everything that's wrong it, with it, people liked it. Um, it but, won a ton of awards, made a ton of money. It undeniable. I it's it kind of it baffles me a little bit though. I mean, you you go into uh-huh. this process and it's like. <laughs> I mean, personally, far too many uh, super close-ups. I mean, 100%. That's the main criticism. And that's the big criticism. But even on top of that, like, this was the thing that made it so stressful with that. And they also, instead of adjusting the way that they did it, they just kind of added more technology to Cats to make it easier to do what they tried to do with Les Mis. But they let the performers they didn't have a click right they weren't like there wasn't mm-hmm. a click motivating the drive or the pacing he kind of took the idea of a rubato which in musical terms is like if you've got four beats right it's mm-hmm. i think rubato is the right term hold on let me make sure i'm not messing up my music theory it's been a minute give me a second let me check this one second do whatever you want to do i was right rubato i'm pretty sure it basically means like stolen time to an extent, or that's what it's related to what it means in certain contexts. And it's the idea of, like, you can extend a phrase and then, like, shorten it. You kind of have, like, a free breath of the phrase, but the music that it's on top of is still metric, right? So a one word can last a little bit longer, but the longer that lasts, the words that follow have to be a little bit shorter so that you can get back in time. And that's an expressive feel to do that and musical theater and opera and other performers know how to do this this is a technique that they utilize effectively it is a good device when done well um and you know but there's there's a structure to it whereas what they did with les mis was they took kind of the vague idea of rubato of basically being like oh if you kind of move the tempo how you want you can get more expressive and you can be it can be said a little bit more humanly. Like it can feel humanly. Hello. It can feel more natural. Like it can feel like hello. someone is speaking and there's like notes under it. Which made it a nightmare to record and line up the orchestra too because they had no way of – they had like a live pianist so that the actor could hear kind of a song and sing along with it and stay in key. And then when they tried to get an entire orchestra to play along – with this like insane constantly shifting tempo and with like it, it was chaos and it it kind of it, it it didn't it wasn't bad bad in in Les Mis uh and it only made Cats worse especially because Cats is a dance show 
And the thing about dancing is you need a solid beat. <laughs> you need the tempo to be consistent. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, notoriously so, yes. Uh, and uh, if anybody wants to hear further conversation about cats, just scroll on back uh, in this feed and you can hear approximately 24 hours of of me talking about cats. I actually um, talked about it a little bit on there with my partner named Cat. Couple of, couple of times, couple of times. Talk about cats. Um, cats. Oh, we did. We all saw it on because Cat's birthday was on the day it was released. We talked about it. It was like a very bizarre Comic-Con adventure because yeah. it was also when one of those Star Wars movies came out. So everybody yeah, was either one of those Jedi fucking Star Wars movies. I don't know. Which one was it? Fucking some Skywalker, Lukey. Lukey. I gotta tell you, hey, hey, Daddy Host isn't here, so I can speak freely on the subject. I do not give a fuck <laughs> about these goddamn Star Wars. Like I, I find them I, fun, but you also know my thing is I couldn't tell you what happens in a single. Yeah, one of them. exactly. You never remember them, so you're it's kind of just like this hazy glow, you know. I'm like, um, I like, I like the aesthetics. I'm a big yeah. fan of sci-fi, sci-fi, and I'm like, well, I, I'm not, ev- I'm not gonna keep up with star wars so the only thing that will allow me to participate it's the only one that i'm like committed to yeah i in order to participate in popular culture i simply must continue to watch like everything in the mcu because like if i'm not doing star wars (laughs) these are the only things anybody ever wants to fucking talk about (laughs) so i gotta stay versed on one you know even if even if i'm a little a little tired um and that's okay uh well, but anyway i mean the comic books which is i feel like a more even so like, like that's like that I, gives you much more nerd cred i think than yeah i'm not like fishing for cred like i get my shipment of comics every week and it's not like a competition it's not a fucking race most of my like game. my it's issues that come not... up with the marvel cinematic universe are not even like you poorly translated this comic issue you know i'm not one of those guys um it's uh but anyway it's inconsequential throw it out toss it in the bin uh <laughs> we're running a little long in this first section but i i i want to put a flag down now is that this is going to be one of those years in movies and television where it's going to be one that we're going to talk about for years and years like 1999 or uh, or, or 1976 99? 99 was everything 99 was fucking uh fight club fucking matrix fucking uh it was it was look up the year 1999 in film and you'll be like oh holy shit just like everything you said 99 and 76 yeah those are those are two years in in movies that people talk about a lot and i think because i mean this year because of things you know that were delayed uh or were always expected to come out this year i mean big movies small movies auteur works soulless corporate cinema like it's gonna be one of those fucking years where there's just like an endless list of like holy shit this movie came out in 2021 and i am very excited to participate you know like big you know fast nine we're getting four marvel movies we're getting two edgar wrights we're getting two ridley scotts we're getting two and i don't really care for the guy two Zack snyder movies in one year you know like it's just it's fucking it's gonna be it's, it's one that's of true. those it's gonna be crazy and we're getting three years. musicals it's three musicals and Wait, like, evan hansen's t- coming out this year this year uh new wes anderson and it's been a number of years you know new like it's it, the the list do go on and on uh, and that's not even mentioning. It's like, literally, and it it comes with it's the it's it's 
quite literally a return to the movies. We are all going back to the movies. And I'm yes, really interested please. in seeing what because there's this all there's this big shift that's happened um mm-hmm. with uh how long a movie has to stay in theaters before it can go to streaming now because of covid which is all it used very to be three months it used to be like the three month window and now it's what 75 45 days uh, right like i mean it's short. all it depends on the contract that each studio has with dip, the movie theater chains it's all it's a whole rigmarole uh but obviously mm-hmm. everyone is aware of like the warner brothers thing where every warner brothers release is being simul released in theaters and on hbo max mm-hmm. uh so that's how i saw like the new angelina jolie joint those who wish me dead that's how i watch mortal Kombat. um i watched yeah. mortal Kombat. when did those yeah. who wish me dead come out last friday yeah like like on friday and you know what whips all right here's here's okay here those who wish me dead not only are we (laughs) angelina jolie assance here she comes queen is back she looks fucking great that movie is 100 minutes long it has here they're like here's a premise here's like five characters and by the end all of that will be wrapped up in a tight 100 minutes had a good time is it the greatest movie i've ever seen nah but like it just executes on like, what if there were crimes in a forest fire? And I'm like, damn, what if there were crimes <laughs> in a forest fire? <laughs> yeah, Angelina Jolie is like a firefighter who's like, uh, she she lost some kids in a fire. You know, she's just like so tortured by the kids she couldn't save. And she's like a fire, uh, a watchtower keeper, a fire watch. And, uh, and then also there are some crimes happening and the crime guys start a forest fire and there's like, and just fire and his kids and his guys with guns. It's a good movie. I'd say check it out. <laughs> I, <laughs> I had a good time. I, I just got to chime in. I, I just watched Mortal Kombat. I have never played a Mortal Kombat dun, dun, game dun, dun, in my dun, dun, life. Dun, dun, dun. Uh-huh. That was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. It's a fucking dumbass movie. I had a great time. <laughs> it was. It was. The, the thing is, stupid. it was so heavy-handed with when it was like and fan service that even I went. Oh, oh and I don't know. Dies. They're like. Kano, weird. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) I laughed every time. It was so fucking funny. Because I was like, I don't know if they thought this would be impressive. I don't know if there are people out there in the audience that are like, hey, this is the thing from the game. But like, I don't know, man. Like, it was was under two hours. And it has a (laughs) a fucking, like... uh, siren getting cut in half with a spinny blade hat and i'm like i asked for little else out of a mortal Kombat. that was crazy that when that happened i was i just watched saw and which the first one the first one Mm -hmm. which wow holy fuck that's a great movie good Um, flick um and i was expecting it to be like super gory which is apparently that's just the later ones are super gory um Uh but like I remember seeing this, these these really effective practical effects for basically the whole movie uh, of that, and then and being, you know, I mean, wow, that that was an emotionally like fucking rock. It rocked me. But like <clears throat> when he when they cut someone in half with uh-huh. a spinning hat yep. in Mortal Kombat, I literally yep. found myself going, ah. <laughs> <laughs> why did why did they need oh and i knew it was coming too i remember i watched when i was in like high school and i wasn't and i didn't own any video games um 
and I didn't play any, and I definitely didn't play fighter games, right? Especially like the the Mortal Kombat one v one like arcade into uh, you know console type stuff that Mortal Kombat was. Uh, it wasn't what I was interested in. Even if I did go over to a friend's place and did play games, like if I went to a friend's place, I was playing either Mario Kart or Tony Hawk Pro Skater or Guitar Hero, right? And then I watched bangers playing all. Those are all really good. <laughs> those are <laughs> hey, good games. <laughs> those were great games. Like it was a great. That was my experience with the video games, and I was perfectly content with that. But then I watched people playing Mortal Kombat, and I saw. I turn around, and someone, and I, I, I turned and looked at the TV right as someone finishes a match by literally ripping someone in half. And I went, Yeah. Mm, I'm good. I'm gonna go. That doesn't happen in Mario Kart. <laughs> and just like post up in the corner and eat some chips because that is not for me. Yeah, yeah it's sure. uh, fucked up. Uh, and uh, we do we do have to like get started because we've been rolling here for a little bit. But I'll, right, let, uh, me like, let me go. Let me go to the bathroom the, real quick so we can. The epitome. Yeah, go ahead. Um, it is the 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 absolute pinnacle of Hollywood storytelling that that movie opens with a character getting brutally murdered and his whole family gets brutally murdered and he goes to hell and he weaponizes the flames of hell to get vengeance on the man who did him wrong and that guy is not the main character of the movie yeah it's fucking (laughs) wild it's fucking and the fact that like mortal kombat's now almost 30 years old and they felt the need to create an audience surrogate the most boring ass family man i don't give a shit about cole I don't care. I don't even know if Do that's not his name. Care. I have no it, idea. It was. It was cool. Good job. Okay. Um. And like, do not care about this man. Do not care about his problems or his life. But I don't know. That movie also had like just enough of the good stuff that I was like, I don't regret watching this. <laughs> I don't regret like <laughs> sure. ordering some nachos and having a. It's fucking Mortal Kombat. <laughs> like it's fucking. If it was like really good. You'd be like, wait, why? <laughs> wait, right. wait, hold up. Why is this? But I mean, like, so there's good. movies. Like, I there's mean, movies I... with Michael Jai White that are like just movies where people get the shit kicked out of them. Yeah, those where I'm like, cool. yeah, those those movies are all right. And like, I, like I would have been if, if this movie could have been good, I guess if they well, did sure. that and it and it was awesome. But instead yeah. of just a movie full of fight, just okay. Instead of making a movie called Mortal Kombat just about fighting. Instead, uh-huh. instead, no. they tried to add story and make you care. And guess what? You know what it reminds me of? A fucking door. <laughs> he has a family that he loves very much. I totally and who I not. did not care at all if they got fucking murdered. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that the, I was like, is this guy one of the characters? Because no, <laughs> I was like, oh, so his 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 power his power is 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 body armor. Hell yeah, dog. That's weird as hell. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> but I, it, it reminded me Fucking of like Colossus it reminded ass. me, yeah. especially with like the tattoo and like being chosen. I was like, why am I watching a supremely gory version of Power Rangers? I know it's oh god. You know what's even better it, is that he has uh, it's not a tattoo. He has a birthmark. Right, it's a birthmark. And when it's when it's dis- right, when yeah. it's discovered that it's a birthmark, uh, what's the dude with robot arms name? Luke Cage, Jax, <laughs> whatever. Thank you. Uh, when it's discovered, show that he some has respect it, to he goes, Jax. He goes, "What is that?" And his sister, daughter, goes, "It's a birthmark." And then he goes, "What do you mean?" And she goes, "He was born with it." 
Oh, greatest line in cinema oh, history oh, no, that's th- so th- good that was, that was my takeaway from it was it started off with that <laughs> the, the beginning was intriguing i was intrigued by the beginning like you were saying i was like uh-huh. oh cool you know like interesting like aesthetics the opening, the fight the opening was good. is great the opening's borderline great i was like yeah oh, it shit, was really cool be awesome. and then and it then was, was like, like and then it immediately became <clears throat> transformers 8 <laughs> where <laughs> where it's <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was like every uh-huh. line did nothing to make you relate to these characters. It nope. just it just moved the plot along. It was just yep. bare bones. And it wasn't it, it's not even the kind of thing where it's like, wow, this is efficient storytelling. It was it was it was, it was skeletal storytelling. There was there was mm-hmm. no flavor there. I was like, oh okay. Uh-huh. I mean I liked uh, yeah. K- I liked Kano a lot. It, he was a lot yeah. of fun to watch. I, the fact that he I, got his powers by being racist, fucking annoying. But uh, cool. He's Australian. Well, he was, I don't know what to tell you. Racist. He was misogynist. This whole movie also was. It made me so deeply uncomfortable. Also because it was just so deeply informed by toxic masculinity like every element of it it's like you get your powers by getting angrier and angrier <laughs> and then you'll do Jace, magic it's mortal combat it's it's mortal mortal combat. that's what i was gonna say letter to... fight too it was like <laughs> i don't it's I know so you're. I mean, you're absolutely right. It was. Yeah, like, you're not. Look, I would, you're it's not like wrong. it's it's a blight on society, just like ninety nine percent of reality TV shows are a blight on society. <laughs> but like, you watch fucking, it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> coming out fucking swanging against fucking reality TV and Mortal Kombat. Uh, and and the same thing, is, Kevin. You don't know. <laughs> this is, of course, uh, Advanced Community Studies, a podcast where we watch and talk about uh, the American television comedy show Community, one or two episodes at a time. Uh, we are also the premier podcast of the Yahoo Screen Podcasting uh, Network. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and you're going to pull a Dane Cook in one of those three movies he was in about Dane Cook getting laid by accident. Except it's not a Dane Cook movie, Jeff. Because this time, someone's watching. Me, your friend, <laughs> British Jason Biggs. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jason. Is they them pronouns? I am blanking so hard because there's so many good quotes in these episodes, and we're watching and we're going over two today. Uh, I had mm-hmm. one, and I didn't write it down because I was like, I'll remember it. I don't. Um, <laughs> I don't. I, um, I, 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 maybe I'll just be like, I'm like, fine. I, 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 I won't. Okay, I, I won't go to the Tex-Mex restaurant. That's all I wanted you to say. What? What? Huh? <laughs> uh, and I'm the I'm Caleb, the third host, the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest. Wait, that's your name? Kids. Uh, <laughs> wait, that's that's who you are. Um, too soon. <laughs> Jace, too soon. What? What'd I do? I'm quoting the episode. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> too soon, guys. Great acting, Caleb. Jace was like, what did I do? Nothing. <laughs> I'm just I'm just firmly supplanting my quote into a context. It's hard to tell if I'm quoting or being funny. Uh, way to go, and Dad. That's the secret. Kids! <laughs> that's the fucking <laughs> trick. I don't know oh, why you turned me over Godfrey for a second. That's the trick, kids! 
Um, I mean, okay, what's happening to me right now is that I've been watching a lot of the television show The Sopranos, and it's very hard for me to not fucking slip into it a little bit. Not to fucking... <laughs> hey, I was with my guma. I couldn't watch this week's episode. You know, you fucking... Nah. It's very hard. <laughs> I, got, I think I need to actually watch The Sopranos. I saw okay. something the other day on I... Twitter that uh-huh. was basically saying, like... What I'm... So I'm watching Sopranos, and then I realized that Tony Soprano subtly admits it, it's very subtle but you realize that he says that he's been watching the l word yeah <laughs> no it was yeah. that... with the lesbians and uh and then it says the name of one of the yeah. actresses from the l word oh my god okay so uh hot fucking take coming at you in the year of our lord 2020 about a television show that debuted in 1999 it's, oh, and, uh, it's not 2020 wow <laughs> wow well it's always time is fake isn't that crazy in here in yeah. here 2020 uh, it's Never 2020 left. was with us all along. The real 2020 was the friends we the lost. Friendship we made. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So so hot fucking take about uh, the Sopranos. Good show. Watching it for the first time. This is a very good show. I'm enjoying it immensely. I ordered a book. I was enjoying it so much. So immediately, I ordered a book about it that I'm reading alongside it. How very fascinating works. Yes, I like t- I like TV. You ever think about that? How good television Kevin? is? We just have this TV. thing. Kevin Lanigan likes TV. Likes television? I know. He's fucking... I he's, am out of my fucking gourd over here. I don't know. We've, wow. Kev's reached a full Nicolas Cage moment where he's watched too much Sopranos and is just... Oh, I'm a cat. Oh, I'm, because, a cat. Oh, I'm a cat. I'm a sexy cat over here. You know? Fucking hey. They, this show got characters named Polly Walnuts. Got a guy, they do not address it so far. His name is Big Pussy. That's his name. That's what they call him. <laughs> Wait, what? I have also never seen this show. Where is it streaming? How are you watching it? HBO. HBO Max. Oh, yeah. oh well, now it looks like I'm going to watch The Sopranos. Yeah, uh, you can watch it. They, they're, they're making, speaking of all the great movies coming out this year, there's a Sopranos prequel film that I forgot about where they're having James Gandolfini's kid play a young Tony Soprano. Uh, unfortunately, James Gandolfini is no longer with us. Um, but uh, that's coming out in like September. And I'm not going to like force feed myself Sopranos between here and now to like make it. But that does seem like a surmountable. You're like, goal. I might be able to do that. It's like seven seasons. I like to take my time. Oh, I don't that's like a lot to. I don't seasons. like Those to open up Eppies, and just right? like shove it. Yeah, they're not short. Although this is before every HBO show went fucking bug nuts insane, and every episode <laughs> is sixty minutes long. There's a lot of Sopranos where I'm like, oh, a tight forty-five. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh man, that shit. It's uh, that shit. Disney Plus is bringing back, and I guess Apple TV is bringing back. Where it's like, no episodes are twenty-four or forty-three minutes. That's it. And I'm always like, oh, that's right. Netflix like acted like they were the only ones for a minute. And so I thought everything had to be an hour long. And then Game of Thrones yeah. was like, what if we did two hour episodes? And it's like, come on. But God, Wait, I Game don't of work Thrones in the morning. Two hour episodes? Yeah, the last season was super short. It was like five episodes. And the it was the five big movies. One, the big one with the snow battle that ends really no dumb um, was like, was like, and it was at least 90 minutes. They tried to act wow. like British television. Uh, yeah, trying to be shorts. Sherlock over here. Yeah, right, right, right. There is Love one Sherlock. show that I will allow to make every episode over uh, an hour long. 
And that show is called Columbo, one of the greatest shows to ever air, and is a detective show. Uh, and every episode, <laughs> literally the, never the, heard of it. <laughs> it's a fucking great show with Peter Falk, uh, one of my favorite actors. Um, and it oh. aired sporadically from the 70s to the 2000s. Every so often, there would just be a new episode of Columbo. And <laughs> every episode is a self-contained murder mystery. And at the beginning of the episode, they show you who did it. They're like, they show you the murder and how it happened. And then we follow Columbo, a wrinkly little man who's going to solve the case. It's about how he catches them. Where do these criminals slip up? It's one of the most relaxing fucking watches. You can watch the whole thing for free on Peacock. I'm sorry, and every you episode. just describe a murder mystery show as relaxing? It's very, because you already know who did it. So you're just oh, kind of yeah. like, you're just watching Columbo. He's like, you know, he his whole shtick is he, like, acts like he's stupid, and then everyone, like, underestimates him, and then he's actually, like, been been thinking three steps ahead the whole time. I mean, it's like, you know what's coming, but that's part of why you're like, mm, this is relaxing. Like, this, I'm just kind of watching this guy, he's talking to people, he's saying weird things, and he's always, like, he has a conversation, he'll distract you, right? He'll be like, you see this watch over here? Oh, my wife, she doesn't like the watch, I don't know what to do. And they're like, do you need something? He's like, oh, stop bothering you. And then he's at the door, and he's like, one more thing. No, I was noticing. <laughs> it's an incredible show. Uh, and one it's of on the greatest. Peacock for free. Whole thing. All ten seasons of Columbo uh, is on Peacock for free. Holy crap! You know one what? episode the, the is directed by Spielberg. Schedule reminds uh, me of my favorite TV show of all time, Steven Universe. <laughs> wow! Wow! <laughs> the show that you. I, Will not you haven't brought it up before. I won't. I won't. I won't. Y'all, you know, you know. I get so many TV shows and movies and games from y'all, and I feel like the only thing I can bring to the table is Steven Universe, and I will not rest until my one goal. It yeah. So basically, they had their first season. They had like fifty-two episodes, which is insane. Um, That's a lot of fucking episodes. I mean, they're fifteen minutes long, though. They're Cartoon Network cartoons, right? Oh, I see. So it actually had like twenty-six episodes, right? Uh, which is still a lot. Yeah, basically, they aired them. Which is still a lot. I believe that was the case. Or it might have actually been 52 30-minute episodes. I actually don't remember. I'm pretty That's sure it's... disgusting. It's, I don't <laughs> One know. Of these it's a, it's a, like lot, it's a lot of episodes. Bad sell oh. to get me to watch this show. Bad, no, bad sell. No, 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 no. Here, well, okay, so what, if I, what if I were to tell you that it's actually just three seasons of 20-something episodes? It would be exactly the same amount of content you're watching. But it is exactly the same thing that people will be like, oh, a movie over two hours. No, thank you. But, oh, watching 13 episodes of television a day. Don't mind if I do. Okay, but, <laughs> but it's, it's also, but it's, it's it's also Chase, what you're, not, Chase, what you're not realizing is if you watch this on almost any streaming app, despite the fact that it is the same as watching 26, 30-minute episodes, I will have to get up and tell Netflix I'm still fucking watching three times more often. You'll have to tell it, HBO. It, I thought it That's did where it by, Steven it Universe it by time, not by number of episodes. Netflix does it by number of episodes. Oh, what the hell? That's stupid. It's Netflix. always the third episode of Community in where I haven't picked up the controller where it's like, are you still here? <laughs> yes. And then your Xbox controller went to sleep and you got to pick it back. <laughs> no, but so it's, it's a lot of episodes in the first season because it was consistent. I think it was a weekly episode, right? They did like, boom, one a week for a year. As my understanding of it, that might not be true. Um, and then um, by the end of season one, things started happening, you know, with the plot. 
um, and parents got upset and they started writing into Cartoon Network. You can't do this. You can't expose my children to this. And it's incredibly wholesome and uplifting content. But of course, parents are homophobic. Um, and <laughs> and you go through it and season one, you get through it. And then season two is significantly shorter and you go through it um, and they're going through that. But you know, there's tension in the studios and they um, – then they started doing these things called what people refer to as Steven Bombs, where they would release four or five episodes at a time, and then it would be like months, and you wouldn't hear anything. <laughs> Got and then it. they would release four or five episodes, I hate it. and there would be months. So I was watching while this was happening. Like, what I was this? watching Steven An image during comic? The- no. Yeah. <laughs> no, oh. basically. Anyone out there? <laughs> I'll take uh, Image Comics for 600, Trebek. Yeah, it's like... <laughs> you lost was... me with the Celebrity Jeopardy fucking... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I, I don't know why I went to SNL's Sean Connery on... Anyway. Um, but... <laughs> I don't know. Um, but Can then I they go through say? it, and then they, they build up, they build up, and they have this last final Stephen Bond where they bring to this massive conclusion type thing, which feels it's it's so good i it made me want more i wish that there were fewer episodes in the first season and more later on um but then they made a musical that is a feature-length musical i think it's like an hour and a half and then they made a short sequel series uh after you know time is basically some time has passed it's a very different vibe same characters time has grown and it's kind of about like healing from trauma because there's a lot of traumatic shit happens in steven universe i don't know just I got talking about Steven Universe. I got excited, but it also had a sporadic release schedule. Like, bruh, b- b- what was it called? Bro, bro, man, bro, 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 Columbo, Columbo, <laughs> bro, bro out, bro down, bro, bro down, bear, bro down, bear down, Brosif, bear down on midterms. <laughs> Brosifus. Uh, King of Bro- Brosidon, King Bro- of the Brosian. Party. Bro- Perfect Bro- segue to yes. season five, episode six: Analysis of Cork-based networking, directed by Tristram Shapiro, written by Monica Padrick. In this episode, Annie and Hickey got a workday way through the red tape of Greendale to try and get a fucking bulletin board hung up, uh, and at the same time, we are following. Uh, most of the rest of the gang as they attempt to put up decorations for a dance. That is the entirety of the plotline. And also, uh, Britta is trying to spoil Abed on Bloodlines of Conquest. Uh, a very, very subtle... Oh, you squint. You've got to squint to see it. Uh, Game of Thrones reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, so Kev, I think you're squinting because it's so bright. And obvious. I think yeah, it hurts. It's, it's oh, I see. Hurting. I see. <laughs> I was staring into the sun. Yeah, yeah. I see. I see. It was 2014. Game of Thrones references were, you know, the talk of the town, the ring of the day. Uh, we loved them, folks. Um, let's see here. And yet it doesn't uh, feel dated. You know, like we've talked about, like, with like. Yeah, because it's not. I mean, it's a bit more dated Game than a typical Thrones. joke that they would do uh-huh. in community, but it, it still. it, it 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 feels it feels good. good I'm unsure if I'm unsure if Game of Thrones is gonna feel da- like a dated reference for probably the next ten years. 
It was kind of a monolith while it was good. It was a monolith, and now we're getting like a bunch of fucking prequels and spinoffs and shit. So we'll we'll see um, if it if all of those crash and burn, we'll know how relevant Game of Thrones is. Yeah. yeah um, so that'll be that'll be a real fucking measuring stick for that. Um, where to begin with this uh, week's uh, very very strange episode? Uh, um, <laughs> I for one. Uh, uh can't stop thinking about um the fact that this is the infamous episode where we see uh frankie before she's frankie <laughs> that's right yes pageant okay let's great let's start with let's start with the the a story then uh where where annie and Nicky are trying to get a uh, cork board uh hung up so they go to a series of celebrity cameos <laughs> to attempt, so many uh because it okay so we start with the regular janitors who are just like you know la comedians jerry minor eddie pepitone then we go one step up right we're kumail and this is before kumail blows up this is yeah. uh kumail nanjioti when he's just sort of like dan Harmon's friend um he was like he was growing but he the big sick hadn't even come out at this point you know no i think he um, and emily just had the indoor kids podcast that was like the number one way i interacted with kumail nanjiani was a podcast yeah. about video games he did with his wife. Exactly. And then you go up from Camille Nanjiani. Next step, Nathan Fillion, of course. Nathan uh, who was fucking Fillion. Mentioned the episode before and this episode by before. name. And yep. uh, and then just here he is as uh, the head custodian. Oh one God, of two appearances. Totally is that they do talk about him. The yeah, he was before. like, he was a huge community fan. Um, he, he expressed it publicly all the time, and uh, it's weird that this is the cameo he ends up in, but also Nathan Fillion has been making hour-long cop shows for ABC uh, every like 15 years. day for 15 years between yeah. Castle and now The Rookie. Like, right. so he's a busy man. <laughs> he just he does not have time for your, for your tomfoolery, and when he's not doing that, he's voicing over Halo games or something. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, so he, and making, he's and making Uncharted fan films. Yeah, exactly. Uh, where, like, boy, you know, 20 years ago, he's perfect Nathan uh, Drake casting. Unfortunately, now, I he's still a very handsome man, but he's, like, he's dad handsome. He has, like, that Russell Crowe body now. <laughs> you know, he's just, like, he's just, like, a big... He's not the adventuring guy anymore. Uh, I love that dad handsome is a thing people say. He's dad handsome. I love that dad handsome is a thing people say. I'm sad that dad handsome is never once used to refer to me. <laughs> oh, no. I How like dare. That for- for me, like when I, I can't hear Nathan Fillion's name now without thinking about um, Big Mouth. I have not seen. Oh, have yeah, seen I've it? only I've only seen trailers. I haven't actually watched an episode. Whoa. Okay. So y'all just hate cartoons, I guess. <laughs> no, I look gross. No, <laughs> I got I'm, shit I'm totally going on. <laughs> I got I'm totally to joking. <laughs> Kevin, you're watching Avatar right now, right? Yeah, it's, I'm that's done. Cartoon. That's that's all wrapped up. No, you're not. You haven't yeah. watched Legend of Korra. I'm wrapped up with Avatar: The Last Airbender. We Whether I watch we'll Legend Korra of Korra because I need to get back into Korra. Uh, you know, but, we'll see. But Big Mouth, there's a character that is obsessed with Nathan Fillion, and she's like this mm. this very young girl, and she has like <laughs> basically sexual fantasies about Nathan Fillion. It's hysterical, but yeah, I can't I Nathan... because of that. Now, whenever I hear Nathan Fillion, I hear I think her character's name is Misty. I hear Misty saying his name. Oh, Nathan, Nathan Fillion. 
brilliant. I just it's so <laughs> ridiculous. That is funny. I I just think Nathan Philly, he's gone on a natural track. You know, he's he was very handsome lead of Firefly and things like that. And then he's kind of just transformed into like, oh, your mom has a crush on him, which is not uh, a bad thing. He's he's a very. Is it weird that I conflate um, Nathan Fillion and Brendan Fraser? No. I mean, I wouldn't do it, but I. That doesn't. They they had handsome adventuring franchises around the same time, and they've aged in similar ways. Um, (laughs) I'm glad they are both like you know having a pretty good spot in their careers. I'm happy for both Mm -hmm. of them, Um, and you know, I I get it actually. I, I, yeah. I think that makes sense. I feel like I feel like they're cousins. For you, you know? Jace, like, that makes sense. <laughs> I feel like I should be offended by that, but I'm gonna say no. thank you. <laughs> you are self-professed not knower of actors. So like you yeah, getting those two guys, you know, ball in a cup kind of mixed they, around. They, I think yeah, that's they, I think that's okay. They seem like Shell like game cousins, you know? moving it around. Absolutely. Absolutely. Mm. Um and then from there they go to Paget Brewster um playing the it lady uh and then they uh the next step up is of course robert patrick from terminator 2 and then finally up to uh, the greatest oh my God, cameo. that's who that is that's why he's so familiar yeah it's the, oh t-1000. it's the t-1000 and he's done other things but like come on we know him as the t-1000 Right. Um, it's, it's just one of those guys he kills it in a very popular movie and then it just never happened for him he worked consistently forever but it, he never he never popped. Yeah, it never of, never slid into the T2. leading role, or even a or even a consistent supporting role. He's always around. I feel like I see him pop up pretty regularly on like, but it's always like always oh, on three episodes of this. He's got a small role as like a bureaucrat in this. You know, like he he, he works. My man books, booked and busy. Mm-hmm. But it just never. Like he just got never the check coming in. Yeah, he's getting those residuals, you know. He he's getting those airline checks, but like he, it just, he just never took off. And then, of course, the greatest celebrity cameo of all, uh, the Dean at the top, uh, where we are now fully leaning into the Dean loves Mexican food as one of his personality <laughs> traits. Um, this this episode and the next are about him liking Mexican food. Can't I, there is, I did so when. At the culmination of the A plot, right, where we see Hickey, who this is, these two episodes are also for me, and maybe it's because I, I actually have to go back and rewatch the first couple episodes of this season. But these episodes for me are where Hickey really starts to shine in my eyes. These I think, I think it's probably because Hickey we get episodes. a one on one of Hickey with Annie, and then one on one with Hickey and Abed, and it really informs the way that we look about this character and really come to love this weird fucking man but like these two back to back are hickey bangers and they're also duncan bangers as well but these are like in in hickey's intro episode you know he also shares a lot of that plot line with annie uh in and then like this this season has gone through three like huge episodes back to back to back and so like he's not in ass crack bandit that much he's got a few good Mm -hmm. lines he's not in polygraphy at all and then he's in Lava World as, like, a, a great supporting turn, but he, he's not the focus. And so these right. two episodes back-to-back we are, like... We haven't seen him within the Save Greendale context for quite a few episodes at this point. And now it's, like, <laughs> I like I remember starting the, this episode uh, when I was re-watching them earlier today and going, oh, yeah, we're here. That's right. We're doing the Save Greendale committee at this point. Um, 
which I'm like, duh. But just watching him rip off the stuff from his cork board, which is funny that he has a cork board in his in his room, um, just to begin with, because I don't know anybody that has out. a cork board in the room. I used you do? to. I yeah. used to. Yeah, I did until I moved my office down here. Cork boards yeah. are the fucking shit. <laughs> They're can, awesome. Uh, here's the thing. You got little pins, you can hang stuff off. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, but... That's wild. That's great anyway, thing to have. So he's Sometimes I need to hang stuff. He goes stuff. and he screws it in himself. The thing that I never got is that why the dean cared so much because I and, and I and I think you can tell that they wanted just that kind of moment at the end of the episode because there's no dialogue. It is purely physical. Uh, Annie attacking a security guard. And it's brilliant. It's such a fabulous moment of the dean walking in and going like and like pointing, and then these bodyguards. You know, and then Annie comes in, and it's very like melodramatic. It's the, it's the, Annie is the. It's in that moment, Annie jumped in front of and caught a bullet for Hickey. That was the equivalent right. of what that moment is, right? Mm-hmm. And then everybody's like, "Whoa, that just happened!" And then everybody's like, "Okay, now we have to stop Annie before she kills this man." <laughs> <laughs> and then we see the dean just like disappointed and say, "All right, let's go," and then drops it. And it's so bizarre because the motivation behind why he was pissed in the first place and brought guards and doesn't say anything to people that he cares deeply about that we've seen him literally ignore the rules for on several occasions doesn't make sense. And then he drops it for no reason. And I love it. I don't know why. It's so loose, but I love it. These two episodes both have something far more loose. He doesn't drop it for no reason. Doesn't Annie, like, fucking tackle one of the guards? Yeah, well, yeah. But like, I don't know why he he was <laughs> there in the I don't first know place. Why, yeah, why he was there in the yeah, first place. Yeah. And I, I don't know. So why... the episode could have a resolution. Oh, I mean, that's right. some sort of resolution. That's really what it is. And then <laughs> I mean, that's 100%. it. I'm sorry. It's one of those times where it's like, all right, we got to wrap up the episode. So <laughs> don't do something. And it's goofy, and I love it. It's so stupid, but it's also like if you saw any do that. You know, if you really cared about taking it down, you would just come back later after after the dance. Totally. And, and do it or something. It was just – it's just a really bizarre loose moment, kind of like the entire Chang plot line in the next episode. Totally. I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> or this episode. <laughs> yeah, they're Like, this is so the, – the bear down from mid to – look. No, but that okay. is, that's you, still you can't just with, repeat like, the community it. You need to explain yourself. <laughs> you need, okay. Fly on the wall. Is a phrase, but if I were to say "fly on a wall" for midterms, you might wonder what okay. I mean. <laughs> I love that we have more Duncan now. I love his oh. style of comedy. I love his delivery. John Oliver is a fucking mastermind. Treasure birthday uh, stuff. <laughs> wait, okay. Here are my questions because this episode has sufficiently gaslit me. One is "bear Ooh. down" actually an expression? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I did not know that, that, so I didn't realize that it was just like a misused. It, for some reason, this it's time actually, doing it's that actually line. not even misused. Like bear down for midterms is an idea. It, it makes sense. Like if you were to bear go down, down on hard on, it's to focus midterms. down on it. So exactly. bearing down for midterms means like getting to your books, like bearing down, like gritting down, getting to it. So it See, makes I, sense. I got it's that, but to me, it just like it didn't. I was like, this doesn't sound like a real expression. And then they're like, that doesn't make any sense. But apparently, it does kind of make sense. 
<laughs> weird but... plot line. <laughs> weird, weird B story. <laughs> Fat dog. Is that an expression That's that nothing. people use? Okay. That's not Because when they do the dance, they do the dance thing. It's, it's a brand new a... dance based on an old phrase. <laughs> it's not made up and it will amaze. This it reminds feels... It's certainly not made up. It's not made up. <laughs> <laughs> this is so reminiscent. This is something that Dan Harmon thinks is funny. These like uh, made up dances with moves. Because he does it again on Rick and Morty at Rick least Morty, once. A couple times. Right? At least it's he does get swifty. But the, also there's the, the one. Rick dance. It's there's that party yeah. episode with like. Uh, what is it? Aberdolph Link. Uh, Aberdolph Linkler? Linkler, Gearhead, the Glip Glops. Yeah, you know? all of that, and like he's mm-hmm. snorting those crystals or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, no, he loves the like everybody doing a unison dance with ridiculous. <laughs> it's, with ridiculous moves and someone narrating them. There, but I guess it's like a later development in, in Harmon's sense of humor. Oh, it's so bizarre. It's so weird when you find those weird pockets of things he thinks is funny, like Eric Clapton's It's in the Way That You Use It, which he uses as a punchline on this show and Rick and Morty. It's just like one of those weird things he focuses in on. My favorite one is he's got a line that he finds really funny, and it's it's when in like an action kind of sequence or, you know, where someone is there and you didn't expect <laughs> you son of a bitch. It's, and he does it, in, <laughs> he does it in the first paintball and he does it for an entire episode of Rick and Morty. It's literally an entire episode you based around having as many people bitch. say, you son of a bitch. And it's so <laughs> um, good. It's so stupid. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely bad. fucking bug nuts, but you know, I, I like, any uh avenue where like some weird creator can just put their weird fucking like uh what the idiosyncrasies out into the world um i think that's i think it's beautiful but this plot line is fucking i'm sorry <laughs> it, it barely it. ends it's so strange it's a bear party wow too soon <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> so funny. That's where I got the idea. I was surprised. I don't remember this episode like fondly when I'm like thinking of episodes of Community. I was surprised how much this one made me. I laugh. remember this one, I but I forget really that I remember this one. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. There's so many, and I didn't write them down because I'm a fool, but like there's so many that like Annie and Hickey have with these back and forths with these celebrity cameos of like just these. Uh, bizarre like interplay it feels like a fucking 40s comedy it feels like earlier today when i was watching like sullivan's travels and it's just about like fucking wordplay it also really kind of there's this it does that thing that we love about community or at least that i love about community where don't speak for me (laughs) you don't dare speak for me um where they manage to embrace this kind of um these moments that are like actually like really profound or like emotionally like relatable and when it gets to the point where hickey is basically saying like i figured you would get tired of the machine and it would spit you back Mm -hmm. out but the fact and then basically points out that she is willing to give control over the boards to someone that would make it so that they were basically useless just to have it yeah it's like is it's a that's a, a really strong you know theme i don't i don't even know if to call it a theme it's a really strong idea to be playing with the idea of at what point 
are you no longer actually doing what's best? It Have why you are you compromise the ideals so much through right. the process of like getting why, it? something that, point, that we why are you even doing it? You know, right? This episode wisely like points to itself and says we're doing an episode about bureaucratic red tape, which is yeah. something that you see. You know, anyone in fucking like government or business will like tell you these things that like by the time the thing gets out, by the time that like everyone whose hands need to be shaken are shaken how good is this thing anymore? Like, yeah. how much is it even they worth also, fucking putting out? in my out? opinion, do a really good job of picking the right character to do this with. Right? Oh, Hickey like, and, it, and Annie Hickey are and such perfect. It's because so we good. already know Annie to be the character that tries really hard to change people. And now Annie we get to see Annie the being the character no trying really hard, exactly, to do... It's doing whatever to get what she wants. Yeah. Um... She it's, loves to change people, places, and things. And things, yeah. And Hickey does not have faith in anybody anymore. Exactly. He's but been so browbeaten each other by so life. effectively. Mm-hmm. It's See, I think really he even excited. I think he even had faith in Annie for a minute. And then this episode's yeah, just he her sister disassembling that. He oh thought my God, that she he, would be some says, sort of like Leslie Nope altruist, you know, and, right. and she just ends up like disappointing it. Yeah, when he takes that moment to basically say like, you know, like, I honestly thought better of you. That's that's kind of powerful. That's like a, an it's emotional moment. It's fucking yeah, painful. it hurts. And it's like again, that it's that thing that we love about this show is that they can pull off that kind of like, oof kind of moment you know where you're watching something you're enjoying it and there's lessons and laughs and great writing and banter and it's quippy and it's fast but it's saying it's not saying nothing it's saying something and then it hits you with something that makes you go ah ow (laughs) right in the gut yeah is there a people whose bad bands need bad bass players um and yeah the c-plot is the game of thrones thing um, and Abed oh, having yeah. another sudden burst of compatibility with a woman we'll never see again. I love this is that one of my... moment, but I also this is... love that we get back to Bree. There's Bree. There yeah. she was, running also, an illegal Also, Bree is an check. absolute fucking sociopath this whole episode. She's a monster. Yeah, that's a crazy... One. She's a monster this After whole she spent episode. all what is last episode... Why is she doing that? After she spent all last episode, like, trying to forge a bond between Troy and Abed and, like, get them to honestly address their pain, she spends this episode torturing Abed. Yeah, why? It's, why? it's why? so fucking cruel. It's, inc- it's really no, cruel. No, that's literally, he's like, why are you doing this? He said, why? It, he's I really liked her. He calls her out. Yeah, the end when he calls her out, he's like, I'm, I'm actually heartbroken. Like, I was really... I thought, really thought that was something. And she's like, oh, no. It's like, yeah, asshole. This is the worst thing you could do. Yeah. Of, okay. So I did, mm, to my mind, this is the last uh, sudden burst of compatibility with a woman we'll never see again. So mm, now it's time. Let's pick our faves. Um, so there's this. <laughs> there's the oh, ranking Abed's <laughs> ladies. Um, so there's this. There's the Secret Service woman there's i'm going to count uh his whole pregnancy storyline and giving birth in the background of an episode but uh, that's not you his can, love that's not a romance though that's not a but romance. he, that's he romance had a romance he had well i know there people have pointed at implications that he is the father 
Uh, somebody no, has a case for that. I can't. Father, and so. <laughs> well, there's a moment when he is trying to help, and the dude yeah. is trying to like punch him out, as yeah. if like you did. Because this. prior, okay, so in the sex, okay, let's do this. In the episode where they talk about where they do the the STD fair, right, and then okay. and then there's the announcement that says don't use the condoms. That couple is in the background, and the guy takes the condom in his hand and throws it away. So it's implied that that was where that started, which is a very minor detail. Then we get to the episode where this happens, right? And we see uh, he is talking to this girl, right? And she's like, hey, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And then later on, we see the boyfriend come in trying to punch him out. Presumably because there's a misunderstanding, the girlfriend, his girlfriend was talking to Abed for whatever reason, just Abed has his own side adventures. Boyfriend thinks, you're talking to my girlfriend. What's going on? Why are you trying to do this? She presumably can't speak to her boyfriend right away because she's pregnant and things are complicated. And then later on, he helps them give birth and the two of them are holding the baby. So he's very clearly not the one that is part of the relationship in that circumstance, in my opinion. Well, it's just like your be. opinion, dude. Man. <laughs> is there any others? I feel like they've named it as a trope. Uh, I mean, there's kind well, of there's like the... instances where it kind of happens with like well, Han Solo get... and Annie. No, um... there's the there's the chick after billiards after the pool episode. Who yeah, goes I was and introduces about her. herself to him. I wish I was brown, Joey. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, well, this one <laughs> might be my favorite. Uh, oh, that's close to Secret we've Service. Got, we've got, uh, we've got FBI, we've got Brie Larson the first time, and we've got, I can't oh, Brie Larson her name. the first She's, time. And Brie, that's the thing, is that's why it's funny that that's brought up, because Brie Larson then returns, and for the she first time, we, for the first time, we see Abed having a relationship with another person more than once. Oh, that's going, what makes right. that such an effective moment right there, you know? Mm. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Um, yeah, this is, and, uh, we won't see her again for another few episodes. And then after that episode, we'll never see her again. Uh, because she's like, what did, what was her big breakout? Well, she did short term 12 before this, which was not like a huge financial success, but was a big, like, this is a serious actor this is a serious, like, director, this is a great performance, you know? Um, and then she doesn't hit anything big, and then it's Room in 2015, for which she wins mm. the Oscar, sweet Oscar, and uh, and then, you know, she's off to the Captain Marvel races at, at that point. Whoa. I haven't seen Room. Uh, me neither, gonna... actually. Here... <laughs> <Not myself. laughs> Here it's good. I'll get around I've heard it. it's good. Uh, I've also I've heard, heard it's, it's like, really difficult to watch. That's what I've heard. Or is that uh, the room? They could be both. They're difficult to watch for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. They're difficult to watch uh, because one is about like psychological trauma and the other is a very bad film. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know. Oh, no. I'm. You're right. It is room. The room is... is yes, the room Tommy is the good Wiseau. one. Yeah. The room is the... Although I quite like that movie as well. I uh, could, it's, it's, it's one of those things where like I actually couldn't even hate watch it. 
I literally like could not keep my focus. I was like, oh, you know I what? I, sh- I so... quote this movie enough because it's so much fun to quote. I was like, I should probably like watch the whole thing through just so it can be like efficient. No, I, cu- I couldn't. I got distracted so easily. I was so fucking bored. I understand. I get. It. I I watched it with friends, and it was it was a very enjoyable. See, that makes more experience. sense. I think if you, I forget if I watched it with friends or not, but yeah, with I friends feel like or an audience, I think that's the only way you can do it. I I, I, I don't have think, some I don't rules. Think... Yeah, you know, yeah, I I didn't have that. I just uh, it depends on how funny your friends are. If your friends aren't that funny, just, yeah, you need drinks. If your friends are funny, yeah. you don't need drinks. You know what I mean? I remember how watching um, the Hangover with by myself and thinking it was boring, and then watching it with a room full of my friends, and that movie was suddenly fucking hilarious. So yeah, that's how it be sometimes. Yeah, that's it, real. That's yep. real. That happens with. That's how I felt. It's interesting. I. I don't know what it was. It was that's how I felt about similarly with like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. First time I watched it, I went, "This is not funny." And then later on, whether it was because I was more familiar with the material or I was watching it with other people that I like actually related to with it, it was hysterical. Yep. I do blazing, think that is a movie Saddles that gets. I watched yeah, that movie I... and was like, "Meh." And then talking about it later, I was like, "Wait, this movie might be the funniest." Wait, actually, that was hold my on. When I first watched Rick and Morty, I first watched it, I didn't laugh at all. But then I was talking about it to someone afterward, and I was cackling. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> you have to be in the yeah. right mindset for Rick and Morty to hit you in a good place. <laughs> That's true. You have to be you have to be ready and like understand what you're getting into. And I imagine a lot of people's first attempt was like I'm actually gonna eat a peanut butter sandwich and go to bed. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot going on. The grandpa's gonna put the seeds up his butt. Okay, okay. <laughs> He's um, just gonna let him struggle yeah. in pain. I, there's definitely a type of comedy that does not hit you, and then suddenly, once you're familiar with it, and once you talk about it, it's like, oh, this is actually very funny. What happened mm-hmm. here? Um, it's all about that frame Not of mind. Not with community. Community is one of those things that like hits immediately. It is. Yeah, community hit me from from jump. It's one largely of those few shows of... that even if I'm sitting by myself dead ass like not having a good day i'll watch it and then i will cackle i will laugh out loud few shows make me do that in the same way i mean even with let's see i and more consistently than the other ones that do too like um 30 rock never really made me laugh out loud that much um but i was entertained although i don't know how i feel about it now um the office i couldn't stop watching when i finally watched it but it didn't make me laugh out loud super often um parks and rec had a few moments it was honestly mostly just chris pratt and aubrey plaza um (laughs) which you know very good very good at what they do um uh but community it's just like wow like literally I forget. I, there were so many. That's, I couldn't think of a quote to pick today because literally so many times I was just laughing hysterically. Yeah, the only other shows that make me laugh, like Community, are. I mean, The Office is like a, is like a comfort food. I'll laugh all the way through an episode, just not like uncontrollably. It's all very like <laughs> the entire time, just a little chuckle. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm watching, or I always sunny fucking I, that show gets my goat for some reason i love that show and then um 
the other one that Charlie Day and McElhaney are doing, which is uh, Mythic Quest, which is on Apple TV, which is actually fucking incredible. I remember that hearing Mythic that Ubisoft Quest? was producing a show with Rob McElhaney and Charlie Day and Megan Gaines from and this I was show. Like, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'll check that out. And fucking Danny Pudi's in it, which is also a thing I will talk about when we get to season six, because Abed says he's leaving to be in a show about a game studio, and then he's in Mythic Quest, which is a show about a game studio. Oh, John DiMaggio? Yeah, he's in, like, two episodes. Oh, uh, okay. But it's very good. Um, Charlotte Nick Dow is incredible. Anyway. F. That shows... Murray Abraham. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, Mythic Quest is great. But, yeah, there's not many shows that get me, that make me constantly laugh. Community's at the top of that fucking list. It's Absolutely. crazy. And a lot of that, for me, at least initially, was the Duncan factor, which excellently factors into these two episodes, and especially the one we're about to talk about. I'm uh, so great. Season 5, Episode 7, Bondage and Beta Male Sexuality, uh, directed by Tristram Shapiro, written by Dan Guterman. There was actually like a month break between these two episodes. Um, so they were, uh, audience, the community fans were left to think about that weird episode with a corkboard for a long time. Uh, in this episode, uh, Duncan once again tries to get with Britta, um, and he and Jeff sort of get into a very uh, tepid uh, contest as to, to who will be able to court her this evening. Um, also, Hickey and Abed uh, fall afoul of each other uh, when yeah. Abed ruins some of Hickey's drawings on the way to a kickpancha uh, premiere. And then also Chang has a weird thing with ghosts and a play. <laughs> That's all that would be said on the subject. It's so strange. So fucking weird. I remember thinking that the Hickey and, and Abed storyline was really awkward and uncomfortable. And that was why I didn't like it. And then, uh-huh. uh, I don't know, over time, it became the reason why I do like it. That's like, all, exactly. Yeah. At first I was like, I hate this. And then later I was like, oh, this rocks. This is some of the best material either of these characters will get in the in these back two seasons. You know yeah. this this yeah. this this conflict here revolving around Jim the Duck, um, and like the the issues that these two men would have with each other. That like Abed is frustrated that Hickey, who possesses a full spectrum of emotionality and and emotional intelligence and empathy, would choose to create just the world's most nothing comic strip Jim the Duck. Uh, about experiences that are not from his life or anyone's life uh, and and that Abed's like his sense of whimsy and the whimsy he puts onto other people would rub Hickey a <laughs> like a grizzled war veteran <laughs> miser, an ex-cop yeah. that would like of course not be into like the whimsy oh everyone hide your hamburgers if Abed sees a hamburger we all travel through time uh, <laughs> fucking uh, uh, beautiful set of performances from these actors. Yeah, well. it's very I, good. I, I find this plotline like really compelling. That shot of Abed in his kickbuncher gear walking alone down the hallway, like no longer having Troy to to play alongside him, is so upsetting to me. It's, it's so heartbreaking, dude. It's so, so and the hallways like darkened because it's evening. Right. And like yeah. everyone remembers what it was like to walk through your school halls at night because half the lights are off. And, and like, how bizarre it's, it was. like, half the lights are off, half the people are there. It's, uh, 
And then you also see Abed get more spiteful than I think I've we've seen Abed be. Like he's gotten angry, but he gets legitimately mad and yeah. vocalizes it at Hickey, and that's something that we've never really seen him do. Like his, I mean, yeah, he's been upset before, but most of his mad's been, like you said, kind of along the lines of like a whimsical upset. Uh, and this is like a very much like Abed changes for a couple of, for a couple moments. And he becomes, like, vengeful and petty in a way that we don't normally see him. Uh, It's a a very, like, uh, it's... No one comes out of this smelling like... (laughs) Smelling like roses. Smelling like roses, no, yeah. It's it's down and dirty and it's it's strange. And, like, the moment where Abed sprays his foam all over the desk, like, the only read you can have of that, that it's not some sitcom bullshit, is that he's almost, like acting out to like get attention now that troy is gone yeah you know what i mean like and and maybe you read it as like well his best friend left and then his other friend (laughs) paid a woman to spoil a tv show for him so like that's kind of a series of losses right in a row he's in a place right now he's in a place so like and he comes across hickey and he's like going to go see a remake of his favorite movie that probably won't be very good uh this is around the same time they remade robocop in a movie that no one remembers <laughs> might as well not exist. No. um so Joel that, that, was in it. i know that that's it that's literally all i know about that movie uh, i think michael keaton is in it anyway Maybe. RoboCop. who knows uh, who knows don't, if don't nobody don't check it out nobody knows who's in that movie don't look it up you can't find it if you look I've it up heard your computer shuts good, down and those people no. are Get far outnumbered by, <laughs> by I think people Sam that Jack is in it. Know. But Sam Jack is in all films. Sam Jack is in every movie. Yeah, and his involvement in a film is not a sign of it being good. <laughs> no, he'll way. be in anything. He's good. But will the movie be good is sort of a completely different question. It's a coin entirely. toss on a completely different yeah. plane. Different have, you, uh, plane. have you seen any movie? He's the black guy. Uh, yeah, it's... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's fucking, uh, this is a, this is a great, great I mean, I feel plot. like with, with Sam Jack, it really just comes down to like how, how much are they offering to pay him? And if he's like, yeah, that's enough money. Or if it's, like, I like, feel like even is, in, I think with his when career he's in at this shit, point, he's always good. I'm never well, he's bored always by good. And him. also I think he's got he, this kind of career that uh, like, no matter what happens, it's not in jeopardy. You know, it's not like, oh, it's not yeah. like when he's no. at a you know how some yeah. people like if you make a bad move, you're like, "Fuck, they're not going to be in movies for a few years now." Samuel Jackson yeah. can do whatever he wants, and he will always be in demand because he's Samuel he's fucking Jackson. Immortalized. There are several directors that hire him for everything. He's 75 years old. Honestly, the only times I've ever I don't seen him be that. He's, se- he's Steven Spielberg's age. He's like Steven Spielberg old. Like when he breaks in Pulp Fiction in '94, he's like in his 40s. <laughs> he's he's not a young man. Um, and honestly, the only times I've ever seen him, like, not be good is in a couple of Star Wars and a couple of Marvels where I'm like, I'm not sure they told him he was in a movie. I'm not sure he was aware a camera was rolling. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure he knows he's in Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't know if he knows. Um, but, uh, anyway. Samuel L. Jackson is 73. Born in nineteen forty-eight. Sorry, he turned seventy-three in December. Yeah, Yeah. he's in his set. Looks fucking great. I know that every actor gets like airbrushed in post now. Looks great. 
for a 75 yeah. year old man yeah um you know did Asian not like wine Asian like fucking wine uh and yeah anyway sam jack is great he's not in this episode of community uh unfortunately god could you imagine they couldn't afford him sam jack doesn't do tv when was when what have was, you ever seen him on has, a show? I have no idea. Has he ever been on a show? I don't think so. Maybe he was like before, like Goodfellas, but like I, he's not been on a show since then that I can possibly think of. Oh well, he's gonna be on a show for the for Marvel, oh, which doesn't count. Ca- oh, oh yeah. Well, no, he did he did a cameo on Agents of Shield pretty early on. Oh, okay, uh, so Marvel stuff. He he's on shows boondocks. where he plays Nick Fury. <laughs> he's on show. He did like he, Black Samurai, um, Docs, Proud Family, Law and okay. Order. Uh, he's done a little um, done a little Black voice Dynamite. Like Dynamite, yeah. Okay. But never... He does not appear in his face unless he is playing Nick Fury. Apparently. Right. right. Uh, is, what we're, is what we're finding out. Um, well, except for um, Law and Order. Yeah. What was that? What did he do? Uh, let me see. Who he uh, played? Jack. Sam Jack? Did he cameo as himself? Is it like that time <laughs> they got Chevy Chase to play Mel Gibson? Oh my god, he's so young in this. What? No. Okay, so it's like um, an old Law and Order. It's he's probably just got like a small. Hmm. Yeah, probably mm. just like a walk on in the early '90s, maybe. I don't remember when Law and Order started. Long time ago. Long, 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 long ass god. time ago. Long, long time ass ago. time ago. Uh, well, the, uh, ep- the episode he was in was in 1991. Okay, so oh, just oh. after Goodfellas, but pre Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I'm trying to see if I can see. Full episode cast. Come on, IMDb, help me out. He played okay. defense attorney Lewis Taggart. He was defense attorney on Law and Order. I would kill to randomly stumble across that episode of Law and Order on cable. I would love. <laughs> I'd be I would like, love to accidentally Samuel watch Jack? that sometime. Is that Samuel? Is that Samuel L. Jackson? Uh, oh my god! Joshua oh my god! Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it's, it's, to. to... <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying no, to I'm progress because it's, it's late. It's literally, it's my reaction every time. Not every time, but I'm reminded every time I watch Jurassic Park. The first few times I watched Jurassic Park, I was like, oh, yeah, Samuel Jackson's in this. It's a great yeah. line. Hold on to your butts. Just His performance is disarming. It's disarming. Uh, <laughs> oh, I get it now. He's oh, <laughs> okay. a dinosaur. Hey, 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 what y'all don't understand is that the purpose, my purpose comedically from now on is to make people disappointed. And both of y'all going, okay, <laughs> uh, that I win. That's it. <laughs> I just won. You've done it. Um, you've, you've won. Just like uh, Duncan technically wins uh, this challenge uh, to to ask out Brenna within one hour, <laughs> which um, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good piece of work. This is I am of two minds about this because Duncan comes off as a real fucking creep. Just a <laughs> real fucking creep. He but does he pull out at the has. end. It's not a break. For well, him, yeah, right? you're right. That's that's not new. In season one, he was like trying to fucking get with his patient. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's it's, it's it. Uh, he it's not new that he's a creep. He's still a fucking creep. Um, doesn't make it better. Doesn't make it better uh, that he hasn't learned anything. But he's funny in this fucking episode. I cannot deny. <laughs> my quote is from that quote I did at the beginning of the episode is four great jokes right in a row, and he kills the delivery on all of them. It's <laughs> unbelievable. 
that fucking that fucking run um and he has a lot of have you met the women that do like me jeff neither have i but let me tell you they're bad people <laughs> and it's just fucking an incredible set of dunk i actually really like this brita plot line as well that like she is having this like a uh, uh, crisis in relation to her more successful friends and in the car ride home she talks about it's one of my central theses on the character that she talks about like well she's only as much as she expects the people around her to expect her to be and and like how much she plays into what everyone else's idea of Britta is more than she ever plays into her own idea of who she is uh mm. and and that that car ride home with the with the two of them uh where they listen to rimples and split it or whatever um <laughs> is uh, you do need to know that the prime minister went to oxford and not cambridge as the sketch implies uh it's it's i think it's a very sweet After conversation describe the sketch as timeless oh it's so good it's beautiful that's what most british comedy sounds like to me is <laughs> sure. exactly what's happening in that, yeah, in that sure. car uh but it's it's a good moment and i like that like we're getting jeff and and, and duncan plot lines because they are supposed to be like these old friends uh even though you know john oliver's schedule did not always allow them to to play as such and yeah. it's 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 sweet i think it's this is a good character episode like after after all that hullabaloo at the beginning of the season like slowing down a little bit and just having good little character-centric storylines yeah mm-hmm. it's it's a nice like return to return to home for this show you know i mean it's like i think and i think it makes sense that they're leaning into it too because at this point what what effectively their their main goal in my eyes is reestablish that this show is still the same show it's just got a slightly different character set now um mm-hmm. and they're kind of reintroducing the audience to the fact that the show is still exactly what you'll love what you love about this show and yes we lost you know one character that y'all love and one character that y'all feel strange about but you have gained (laughs) multiple characters that are amazing we're kind of at the point where for the rest of this show it's going to constantly be proving to you or trying to prove to you that it can still work and like Mm -hmm. i don't mean that negatively like for a lot of shows that is absolutely a thing that when it happens is like oh no but for community, for some reason, like community being like, we're fine, we'll prove it, really works for them. No, I get mm-hmm. that. I, you know what I, I mean? feel that. Mm-hmm. Like it just feels like for the la- for the la- for the next uh, how many episodes do we have total? Like eighteen episodes, something like that. They all feel like they're like, dude, look, we're fine. We got and, it. It's okay. And, and, and the, like the vibe is going to change, you know, yeah. like we're not going to do so many genre episodes anymore. And that's okay. It's, it's all right that we're not going to do that many. Right. And it's maybe something that can only be afforded by a show that's as self-aware as this show has been. Other shows can't do this because it's not as, they're not as self-referential, but for whatever reason, like I said, I think it works for, for the show really well. It's just Absolutely. like, you know, just constantly pushing themselves, and it's working. Right. Good for them. I'm proud of them. Good for you them. Know, through all Let that, all that Let adversity and such. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's do some ranking, shall we? Uh, as Oof. we uh get to here. Okay. 
All right, so the first end tag, this is where Duncan takes over the end tags for a little while. Um, Duncan activates the Marigold Protocol. This shit is so funny. <laughs> this is so weird. It's so strange. They were right here the whole time. Oh. It's so mm. funny. This is funny. So weird. Where are we... Where are we looking here? Coppelgangers? Another just like, this is a weird one, huh? Yeah, I would put it around there. That doesn't seem uh, out of pocket. Number What's around Coppelgangers? This Sorry. feels similar to Why Did He Call Me? Kelvin and the Zeros, is that the band? Band practice. That's when oh, John yeah. Goodman blows a little trumpet. Um, I would put this be- be- below Why Did He Call Me? Mm, oh, God. I, I don't know. It's either 61 or 62 for me. I can't decide. Okay. Okay. Um, I would maybe put it under Dean Pelton raving. I That one is, is just very cute and funny to me. I don't know why. So that'd be like new 64 for me, I think. It's a weird one. Caleb. That works. The Dean Pelton rave area. Yeah. Works. All right. Yeah, yeah. Dean, I'll explore Dean Pelton's rave area. Yeah. Um, Jesus, Kevin. I as soon as I fucking said it. It's a family it. show. Kevin. Duncan activates Marigold. All right, and then the next one uh, is the Dean and Duncan just making <laughs> sounds at each other. This is such an exceptional performance from both of them. What this one? Where he comes and he's like, what was that? What was that? Uh, text what was the name of that text text place? Oh, he's... Salsa Bon Tacos, don't mind if I do. And he's like, oh. And he's like, oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> they what don't the, say anything. No. <laughs> but the, you know, the, it's, oh, it's so, it's so good. This one's up And then they have me. like an emotional breakdown. Uh, yeah. It's funny. I think this one's funny. Uh, all right, slut, slut barometer. Slut barometer. Oh, That's I a, love I thought we need that on a t-shirt. The slut, the slut barometer. barometer. Or is that it feels like, like a it rank on the slut barometer? Federal booty inspector shirt. We're like bringing so, in. So, all right. So, so, for those of you listening now, you our merch consists of ants saying no one fuck like Gaston. And where does yeah. it fall on the slut barometer? Yeah, we're really, we're courting a particular market. Yeah. Um, no one fucks like Gaston. I think it would be very funny to wear a shirt to Disneyland announcing you're going to fuck one of the characters. But I would also think it's important to note that no one fucks like Gaston. I just think it's, if you say like, I'm gonna fuck Chip and Dale, I think that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. <laughs> Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. That was part of that discussion. That was that was my original oh, shirt was. pitch. Was oh, like yeah. announcing like I'm gonna fuck Goofy. I forgot Goofy. about that. <laughs> 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 I'm gonna. Yes. Uh, okay. Uh, how do oh, we feel? Number thirty shots with Mister Stone. I like that one. Uh, this is the That's zone after uh, the um the po- polygraphy test. Yeah, I would put this one around horse, uh, no, below horse spot, maybe around fake horse. outtakes. Okay, okay. I feel like it fits for me. Mm, it, I, I could go above fake outtakes or below it. Uh, it's either 27 or 28 for me. I could do the new number 28, below fake outtakes, above in the morning with Rich. Yeah. I'm okay with that. 
Papa. Papa. That works. That cool. works. I have uh, no complaints. Duncan don't get Mexican food. They don't get Tex-Mex. I'm sorry. It's a fusion. Don't get Tex-Mex. Don't get Tex-Mex. Um, except that sounds delicious. Um, <laughs> all right. Episode rankings. The Corp makes networking. I <coughs> like, there's a lot of stuff I like. This one's not going to be particularly high for me. Um, like I, for me, we're looking at around like 64, the STD fair. Probably like if you're asking, like, would I put this above the episode where they do celebrity impressions? No, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't. Uh, which is 67. I do really like this episode, but I I understand what you're saying. Like, it's good. Like, don't get me wrong. It is good. But, like, do I like it more than Advanced Criminal Law where they have the trial at the swimming pool? No. Do I, like... <laughs> <laughs> where i think the right zone where i'm like oh this is good not great like oh intro to knots where the christmas party where they kidnap malcolm mcdowell you know like we're we're in I would, the zone I could, of I like could, i could put it above intro to knots i could put it mm. no i couldn't i'll put <laughs> yeah. it below intro to knots if it's below if it's below which is what i was gonna say if it's above intro it's one above intro that's sure, what i was gonna I say it's that. either gonna be one above intro to knots or uh, Which one's economics of marine biology? That the is whale. where they are courting the whale, but that is also the one where they take physical education education. Courting the great. whale? The rich kid. Um, yeah. Oh, they want to yeah, go to I would put this one. I would put this one. I think there's a couple good bits in this. I would I would put this one above that. I would put this as the new 60. <laughs> new 69. Yeah, I... Yeah, that's also the one where they go to the barbershop with Pierce. Like, I maybe like the physical education education plotline more than anything in this episode. Yeah, I agree. But I like this but episode as a whole. As a I think whole, this one's a more, more effective than, story. Exactly, exactly. And it's, it, it hits me in a, in the way that makes me go, mm, community, you know? New number 69. Things that make you go, mm, community. Of course. <laughs> nice. Networking. Wunderbar. And now uh, the next episode, which I like quite a bit. Bondage and beta male sexuality. I just do. Uh, there you go. How Sorry, do we... That's okay. Scared me. Sorry, I, love, I love the reference to um, uh, The Shining at the end. I think it's so <laughs> stupid. It's so stupid. Old timey photo pan club. down and it says old timey photo club 2014. <laughs> what are you gonna believe a bunch of ghosts? Uh we didn't we didn't talk about it, but Chang coming out that his entrance is I feel like I've seen that theater performance forty thousand times. Like the angry yeah. phone call and is like my mother used to tell a story about killing a chicken. Hong Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so oh yeah it's no it's i mean it's it's also this is before we get to uh chang as an actor stuff right yeah this is a great oh, starting point great. for that plot yeah. karate kid the the play i enjoy it i mean also the thing is he comes out and then it's it's i i don't know it's I, these these few episodes also like we're starting to see some really great performances from 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 him and it's really exciting. Um, this is a good episode. I don't... Oh God. Mm. How do we feel against Repilot, the season premiere? 
Mm. I actually need to rewatch it. I haven't. Yeah, I would slight edge to this one over Repilot. For... I think I would go over Paranormal Parentage. Yeah, the Scooby Doo episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the right zone. This is what yeah. I feel it right here, though. This is gonna really affect the season range. What's it's not so funnier than in, custody law? Intro to finality. Intro to finality is the season three finale. It's not. With... It's not over custody law and Eastern European diplomacy for me. <laughs> not your precious Luca. This one tells us that our friend likes nipple play or our friend makes hats out of babies. <laughs> yeah. Which one's good. intro to political science? That's the election episode. Mm. I think this one would be new number 60 for me. Because I'll give Slight Edge to Scooby-Doo episode over this one. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Dang, it feels bad looking at how low this is ranking. But because these are such it. good episodes. But it really comes down to the fact that there's just so many good episodes of this show. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. When you're good, it's unfortunate that you go too long because when rankings come around it just ends up making things look worse than they actually are than they actually are that's exactly right this show's batting average is so ridiculously fucking high that like actually being the 60th best episode of community is not that bad it's still good i we should still put, good. we should we should i don't know if there is a marker for it but i feel like we should at one point figure out where the line is where they go from being like good episodes that just like there just happens to be so many good episodes that they just happen to be in the 60s and like eh, maybe mm-hmm. not the best episodes you know where yeah, they're like we could, we hit or miss one where is the where like is that. the line where it officially becomes a bit of a miss right where's the ah mm-hmm. where's the foul line look at me i made a sports hey, metaphor sports sports, sports. sport is it from uh, baseball right hey <laughs> oh shit yeah, it is. I was thinking of basketball. Were you about to yeah, laugh at me for being right? There's foul lines in both sports. Yeah, I think so. foul lines count. It's, it's both? It, uh, in the two sports that exist, there are foul lines. <laughs> no, no, no. I said basketball. I said basketball. Oh, I didn't in hear basketball. All I heard was, no, there's foul lines in both sports. And I went, both? <laughs> two sports no. that exist. You fucking, you're wildin'. Y'all, y'all outside your mind. I swam to John. Uh, anyway, no new plugs for me this Did you year. Say I swam to John. Yeah, I swam to John. I also said no new plugs for me this year. Uh, I'm trying a new I mean, sativa today with mixed so. results. <laughs> with <laughs> mixed results of how well that's gonna go. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, can I do, I, can I, do a reverse plug? Which would be a be a poke. <laughs> What does that mean? I, Explain I, yourself. I want to know, know what, I mean, I know, Kevin, you do Twitter, uh, tw- you do Twitter polls all the time, but I want to know, like, what the people this. that listen to this, I want to know what they're, like, what movies they're enjoying or they're, like, looking forward to. We've talked a lot about the movies that are coming out next year. I want to know what the listeners are excited for and also what are some of their favorite movies in the past because I am just getting into a routine of like trying to watch at least like a movie a day now if i can wow good job and so like i'm like i want to know like there's people that listen to us speak which is fucking absurd i want to know what they enjoy because if they enjoy us 
<laughs> then they must have terrible taste. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. No, I don't want to know what movies they're watching because they listen to us. <laughs> we can't be that good. Yeah, if we find out they're just like diehards of the Michael Bay Transformers franchise, like all five. <laughs> it's like, like, yeah, the first one. Have you seen the fourth? Shit. Dude. Fuck. Damn, we courted some real fucking dinks. We courted <laughs> some, some dinkses. <laughs> Absolute fucking doinkers. Um, I stink feels so offensive. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, but it do. No, you're absolutely gonna, right. If someone, someone called me a dink to my face, it'd be on site. I'd throw my elbow. <laughs> <laughs> it's on. It's on site. If you call me a dink, Mark Mark Wahlberg, it's on site. Okay. If you call me a dink, oh like my it's god. Game over. I was <laughs> hoping nobody brought up Mark Wahlberg Transformers and that shit. It's the worst. I He's in. Hey guys, I don't think it's a semi truck. I think it's a transformer. He's in two. He's a transformer. He's in two transformers. I, I'm only. Th- I'm only thinking of. I recently was reminded that SNL did a bit where they just ra- ripped on like Dunkin' Donuts commercials, and they'd be like, "Hi, I'm a real Dunkin' Donuts employee," and then they would have like one of the Wahlbergs or two of the Wahlbergs come in and be like yeah. real customers at Dunkin'. I'm and having gone boy. to school in Massachusetts for four years, let me tell you, that bit hits so hard because it's so fucking funny <laughs> and so real. Yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It's so good. Wow. What a, what a, wow. Yeah. What a time. To be I, don't, I don't really have any plugs either. I mean, you know, <clears throat> there's, yeah, I don't have any, I don't have any plugs. I can't. I can't. <laughs> um, <laughs> just, if, if. If you're not, I don't know. I want to know what y'all like to watch uh, because um, I'm trying to, I'm trying to learn more things about movies. You know, so, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Kevin, what was that? What was that, Bill Cosby? You just did. yeah. Where's Bill Cosby? Cosby fucking come from? That was that was, that was, that was worse than my Brie Larson. Like that's like that's. <laughs> I I wasn't trying to do Cosby. I don't. Podcast is canceled. Caleb is canceled individually um, and specifically and with prejudice. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, I guess we'll be I back. I cannot next week. believe Nobody how fucking... bad that joke was going to be if Caleb, I finished it. Do you it. have any plugs to save yourself? No, I just want an actual fucking. I just want to actually plug my mouth. Just, just not. Nice. Nope. Nice. <laughs> plugs. Nice. nice. Stick a cork in me. Wordplay. Love to see it. Love to see some fucking wordplay. Uh, well then, uh, God, we've fallen apart. Uh, this is it. Always. This is the last, <laughs> this is the last straw. Um, uh, anyway, join us next week where we're talking about one of the all-time bangers, app development, and condiments. It's Meow Meow Beans time. Oh, wow. I'm going to do my homework this weekend. I'm going to watch Logan's Run, uh, one of the movies that this episode uh, references very heavily. Ooh, what, um, is it, uh, what is it streaming on? HBO. Logan's Run. I'm running it down so I can H-B-Z. also watch it. HBO, one of the last sci-fi, pre-Star Wars sci-fi movies. It's the one of the last ones to not have like that influence on top of it. Yeah, uh, sure. So it's a very different kind of uh, anyway, we'll be back uh, for that. I want to go to bed. Uh, but until next week, <laughs> pop pop. Pop pop. Doo doo boo. Doo doo boo. It's getting late. Oh, oh, no.
<laughs> it's I appreciate, over. I appreciated that speed run of our of the Yeah, I'm feeling it too. <laughs> no clip. This has been a talk back podcast. That was quite a show. Very entertaining. Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.